0: Well, Fedora has announced they are shuttering all Canadian operations, citing the, quote, highly competitive and saturated Canadian marketplace. That's part of an email that was sent to couriers on Monday and their rapid exit from the market expected to be finalized in the next couple of weeks. And it comes just two months after a precedent setting decision by the province's Labor Relations Board, which ruled that delivery service couriers had the right to unionize. Stan Feinselberg is a labor lawyer, and he joins us now for more on this here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Stan, good afternoon. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Anytime. Happy to be here.
0: All right. Uh, Fudora, have they done anything illegal here?
1: Well, you know, that's it's hard to say, at least on paper they're you know, they're they're saying the right things. Right. They're they're certainly not. Having put out there that the reason they're leaving is because, as, as you mentioned, the landmark decision, which said that their employees can unionize or I should say contractors in this instance can unionize. And, and certainly if they had alluded to the fact that that was part of the decision making process, that would in and of itself be an unfair labor practice because you're not allowed to take any sort of reprisals against employees because of their, their uh, exercising of their rights under the act. So once, so the answer is really, it depends. We don't really know what their reasoning is. On paper, they're saying it's an oversaturation of the market. You know, we're not competitive. I think anyone looking at this situation would certainly believe that the, the decision from the board played a factor, if not the factor that led to this decision.
0: Now, just to be clear, Fedora Couriers, they won the right to unionize, but hadn't done so yet or made any demands of the company. Is that correct?
1: Well, what the decision really said was that, in essence, Fedora was arguing that all of these individuals were independent contractors, you know, essentially businesses set up for themselves and run as a business, and that they had just contracted with another business, therefore they had no rights under the the Act. And what the board ultimately said, well, that's not quite true, because the Act says that it applies to both employees, but it also explicitly says that it applies to dependent contractors. And the board found that these individuals, based on the information and the data that was provided, could be, in fact, some were, depending contractors. Therefore, they can go ahead with the vote, which had been taken already, but had not been counted.
0: All right. Do Fedora couriers or contractors, uh, as the company saw them, do they have any legal recourse here at all? Or does Fedora, can they decide the fact that, hey, listen, we left again because of a highly competitive and saturated marketplace and that nobody could force us to do business in a certain area or a certain country?
1: Well, uh, I mean, it's certainly true to say that Fedora, if they feel that the business model is not working and that they can't be competitive and make revenue, Ultimately, they're allowed to make the decision to shut down the, com- uh, the company and leave the market. The question of whether they have any liability to these individuals uh, at this time largely turns on whether they're, how they're properly characterized at law. If they're truly independent contractors, then the answer is likely no. I mean, as long as they paid up in terms of what they owe them for their services, they don't really have to provide them with anything outside of that. If, however, as the board seemed to come to the conclusion that they are dependent contractors or even possibly employees, then they do have rights and, you know, they have the right to a severance package, just like any other employee who's been terminated. Just because a company is losing money, and I, I think this is something that's lost, you know, in, this, in the context of what's going on around us, just because a company is losing money does not give you the right to lay employees off or terminate them and not pay them anything. At the end of the day, those protections are there so employees can essentially find that next job, so they have some sort of safety net. And whether that applies to these Fedora employees, again, it would have to be established that they're either dependent contractors or employees at law. But if that's established, they are owed a severance just like any other terminated employee or dependent contractor.
0: Yeah, is the Canadian Labor Board here that uh, ruled that they were indeed employees and could unionize? uh, Is that decision in the board, are they kind of outliers when it comes to Fedora and some of these other apps, whether it be food delivery or Uber, of course, famously has been in the news regarding this situation, too? How does the Canadian situation compare with, say, the U.S. and other places where these apps and these companies are doing business?
1: Well, our laws are just so different from American laws in particular. I mean, in America they most states have at-will employment essentially saying that they can terminate you for any time at any, and not owe you any notice or severance whatsoever unless a contract specifically says you get something so this is certainly unique to our you know our country and the laws of our country but that being said i don't think that you know the the situation for, with Fedora, the fact despite the fact that it hasn't been tested with these other apps uh, would I don't think that a different conclusion would necessarily be reached there. I mean, all of these individuals generally operate, from my point of view, if not as employees, then certainly as dependent contractors. The amount of you know control that these companies have over these people is so uh, absolute in some instances that it's hard to really come to a different conclusion.
0: Joined by labor lawyer Stan Feinselberg. Stan, also wanted to touch on the fact that we got yesterday from the Ontario government some framework for the reopening of the economy, which of course means those in the province will eventually be returning to work. And do those workers, do they have rights, a right to refuse work based on a being unsafe with the COVID situation as it is?
1: So generally speaking, every employee in Ontario who feels that they are in an unsafe work environment has a right to refuse unsafe work. But to be clear, that's that's a specific process. It's not simply I'm not coming into work because I think that it's unsafe. You know, if you have to engage and cooperate both with your employer and if your employer is not being cooperative, you have to engage the Ministry of Labour in your work refusal in saying that there are certain aspects of my workplace, which are so unsafe that I don't have to attend whatsoever. And there certainly wasn't, there was an article that came out that said that in Ontario, there were no work refusals issued as it relates to COVID, which, you know, in one sense is a little hard to believe, but in another sense isn't entirely surprising considering the high bar that has to be cleared for the ministry to step in and make that type of order. I mean, in essence, they have to find that a workplace is dangerous that and that that workplace essentially gets shut down until the issue is resolved. It, and so, it, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, no, that's
0: fine. Finish with that.
1: Uh, so as I was saying, essentially, to, because it's such a hard bot high bar. And inspectors, I mean, they're used to dealing with this in the context of, oh, this machine is not properly serviced, or there's not the proper safeguards for the, you know, going on in a construction site. Not in an abstract context like we're dealing with now, which is that there's this invisible pandemic going on around us and I'm just terrified to go outside, irrespective of what my employer is essentially doing. And in that you know, it's hard to say that a workplace is unsafe. When it seems as long as they're kind of following the the provinces guidelines in terms of social distancing, in terms of uh, cleaning procedures, w- really, what else can we ask them to do in that situation? When really, you know, we don't know what the proper procedures are, and the government's changing these things all the time.
0: Okay, you mentioned proper procedures and guidelines. We heard from Premier Ford last hour in his daily briefing that coming in the next few days will be what he called clear labor guidelines for operating safely as we reopen the economy. Uh, what is you as a labor lawyer and what should workers be looking for there? Things such as the amount of PPE that an employer might be required to have on hand?
1: Certainly, I think PPE is seemingly from what these, all the medical professionals are saying is, is a very important aspect of this to make sure that people, not only that they are safe, but they, they feel safe in going back. You know, it's more than just having a safe environment, but you have to subjectively feel that you can go back to, to essentially get back to work and, and have the right mentality in getting back to work. Uh, beyond the PP, you know, it, it's hard for me to say because I feel it's very much a, a more of a medical opinion than it is a legal opinion. Uh, ultimately, again, I think the fact remains that an employee has to feel safe going back to their workplace. If they don't, there are definitely guidelines with the ministry that allow them to uh, refuse to come back and engage with their employer and work to resolve the issue. And I think that's really for both parties' benefit because an employer doesn't want a disgruntled employee coming back and being forced back to work in most occasions. Working with them is probably the best solution here.
0: You know, and I think that's such an important point. You're absolutely right. Those guidelines are in place, just not for the protection of the employee, but the employer as well. Stan, really appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. I'm sure we'll be chatting down the road as these uh, guidelines come out in the next a few days from the province.
1: Thank you, John.